Listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Heal the Sick podcast with Million, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, coming at you here from uh, Dominion Fire Studios in fabulous Saint City, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, a firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. Now, our guest today is, th- this one's going to floor you, I could just tell already. And uh, our guest has a little bit of a time constraint today, so we're going to get right into it, not even waste time with all my banter. Joining us today is from Dallas, Texas. She is the trainer with Inside Out Training and Equipping Schools for the Deliverance Program. And today, we're going to hear about all kind of cool deliverance stuff. Melody Moss joins us today by phone. Melody, how are you, dear? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Melody, and I hope you're doing well, too. It is awesome. So let's get right into it. Let's hear some testimonies. Um, Something crazy, wild, off the charts, something ridiculous, and you're kind of leaning towards deliverance. So uh, totally flip us out. What do you got? All right. Well, right now, in Jesus' name, I bind and break every trigger. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, I've got a cool testimony, and the testimonies I feel led to share right now are deliverance-related. And I want to share with you some testimonies. The two first testimonies I'd like to share are concerning the same individual, and and this is a young woman who has really been through a lot of things. As a matter of fact, um, God has had his hand on her life the whole way. Um, She was born into a cult, and um, at the time of her birth, she was to be sacrificed to Satan as a ritual. And at the time the knife was held up above her body, he had a heart attack. And that didn't happen. So she was still brought up in this cult. She's been through a number of things concerning um, (laughs) some things that would make uh, Hollywood look like Disneyland. But um, she was raped continually by her grandfather. She was hung upside down on a cross on a number of occasions and raped by members of the cult. She was um, made to be a breeder which is where she is purposely impregnated, and then her children were sacrificed to Satan. And she has witnessed the murder of her sister and a few others as well. So some of the things that she has been through is um, really crazy, something that's hard to wrap your mind around. And um, I'm not going to mention her name or anything, but... um, one night, she she went through a period of time where she was really, really struggling, and there would be times where she would call me or, or my ministry partner up pretty much every night, two, three in the morning, screaming her head off, and was dealing with some very, very serious demonic activity in her home. And um, there were times where she had landed in the hospital because of um, wounds, And I'm going to say, you know, some she probably did herself and others, I believe, might be demonic because you get you get scrapes from the back of your neck all the way down to the small of your back that you couldn't possibly reach on your own. And you're alone. You know, that sounds demonic to me. Um, And uh, one of her friends, when she was in a hospital in the self-induced or in an induced coma, excuse me. Um, one of her friends who was raised in the same cult called and she wanted us to know some of the things that, that she's gone through and some of the things we needed to pray about. And during um, one of the satanic rituals or maybe a number of satanic rituals, I don't know, 
uh, this was a part of her life, um, there's something that is called a pin, and it is either um, made of human bone or it could be like a plastic sliver. And it is something that demons are invoked upon, and then they're implanted underneath the skin. And I guess this particular cult stuck them around the neck, you know, the skin of the neck. And they could be visible, and they could certainly be felt if you were to touch for them. And this uh, friend of the woman that I'm talking about had wanted us to know this, and um, she had had an issue where she had found Christ, and she was in a church service worshiping, and there were hands laid on her, and at one point, the pins that she had put in her neck, there were like 16 of them, had just fallen to the ground during worship service. And she told me that this other young woman who had been in the hospital had 32 of them. So that's a lot of pins. But I know that when certain things happen and and these things, the way you dispose of um, satanic relics and things of this, sometimes they're burnt, sometimes there's various things done to try to, you know, protect somebody else from stumbling upon these things that have demons attached to them and whatever else. But one night, um, it was wee hours of the morning, um, she was screaming her head off, um, which was actually quite common night after night. And you could hear things in the background. And and I know that she was um, being attacked and tormented in some crazy way. And I decided that based on the information from her friend, that those pins had to go in Jesus' name. And I had faith for it because this other young woman had hers, you know, miraculously leave her body. And so I started to command things to leave and plead the blood of Jesus. And I just said, Lord, whatever it takes to get those pins to leave, I just, I just command them to be gone right now in Jesus' name, just completely dissolved. And all of a sudden, the screaming stopped. And I said, I said, hon, I said, check for those pins. And she felt her neck and she said, no, they're gone. I said, okay, wait, wait. Because it's after midnight. I didn't want her to try to dispose of those things, walk them outside, whatever. I said, turn on the lights. I want you to look around and find them on the floor. And we're going to figure out what to do. She said, no, no, they're completely gone. <laughs> like, praise God. Praise God. That was that was amazing. They just completely dissolved in her neck. So that was kind of cool. Um, another night, um, frankly, I don't remember if it was before the pins or after the pins, but it was a different situation. I was on the phone with her and there was screaming from her. And I also heard something that sounded like somebody was trapped in a closet and they were trying to pound them their way out of it. It It's a banging sound, bang, bang, bang. And I could physically hear it. And then I could hear the howling sounds when I was talking to her and she's screaming. So I'm doing my best to command this, whatever this is and however many there were to go in Jesus name and trying to, to, you know, get rid of this thing so that she could be, you know, free and not be screaming. And all of a sudden she got really quiet and I said, what happened? And she said, the lights went off and it's after midnight. And I said, is there a storm in your area? And she said, no, there's not a storm in the area. And I'm like, okay, do your neighbors have lights? Can you look outside and see if any of your neighbors have lights? She said, there's lights in the hallway. Yes, they have lights. So I'm like, well, the electric company doesn't normally turn off the power in the wee hours of the morning. So 
I just realized that I needed to command those lights to come back on. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, whatever is needed to get those lights to come back on and for this situation to quiet and those demons to be evicted, Lord, I'll just send that to her in Jesus' name. I asked her to try the lights. She flipped and no, nothing. So I commanded then, uh, lights, come on in Jesus' name. And I started commanding those things to flee. I said, go try it now. And she said, they're on, they're on. So that's kind of neat too. Demons can turn off lights. We can turn them back on in Jesus' name. So, um, you know, those are two testimonies that come to mind. I can rattle off a few more for you. What do you think, Million? Well, I wanted to ask a question about uh, more specifically this situation because the term satanic ritual abuse, SRA, is thrown around a lot by a lot of people. And I think that people hear it, they're sort of maybe know what they're talking about, but don't. And I know that deliverance, even though this was not specifically healing per se, as we do on the show, but I know that in our ministry, we've had times where we've ministered deliverance for sicknesses or conditions that wouldn't budge otherwise. And sometimes the deliverance is what is needed. So um, I know also that people that deal with SRA also usually have a great deal of sicknesses or conditions or um, you know, things like depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, so on and so forth. So this really ties in. But um, we're going We'll go over a couple minutes in this segment, but in a, in a like a couple minute span, can you break down for us what actually is satanic ritual abuse or SRA? I will to the best of my ability. I've never been a victim myself, so I only know from the victims that I've ministered to what has happened to them. And it can be something that, like this young woman, she was born into a cult where this is just something that maybe she was dedicated to a baby as Satan. And like I had said, she was supposed to be a um, a kill for Satan. She was supposed to be sacrificed at her birth for the kingdom of darkness. And, um, you know, some people are raised in it. Some people join willingly. And it's, it's um, a way to worship Satan, if you will, and a lot of crazy stuff goes on, just about the opposite of how we would worship our God. You know, there are human sacrifices, there are um, drinking of blood, there is eating of flesh, there is all kinds of, um, uh, you know, we have, um, we can pray in tongues and it's from heaven. There's a devilish tongue that is prayed. There's sometimes gathering together where where there's some sort of sexual sin involved too. And sometimes it starts from a very early age and where someone may be um, told that they have to kill someone themselves. You know, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, there's sodomy that goes on. There's, um, you know, forced incest. There, there's a number of different things, but it's all to um, glorify Satan. And um, a lot of it's done, I guess, during rituals. There are certain times of uh, the month, and they have a holiday calendar, um, too. And there are certain things. Halloween is huge. You know, there are a lot of things that happen Halloween that are extraordinarily demonic, and um, a, lot of, a lot of innocent people literally die, you know. So there, there's a lot of things. But what happens to a victim of satanic ritual abuse is this trauma can cause a dissociative identity disorder. The person is not able 
to handle what is happening to them at all in a mental way. Just like as for me, it's hard to wrap my head around something that could be happening so surreal and so evil that a part of their personality, like some other rage or anger or something else steps up to the plate and kind of takes control. So the core of that person is not taking the full impact of that abuse. And so there, that's where we get into multiple personalities and things like that. And people think that that's fake, but it really isn't. And usually these um, portions are these, really it's shattered parts of their soul. You know, Jesus said that he came to heal the brokenhearted. And I truly feel like that could be, you know, where these people can find their healing too, is, is Jesus can bind up that broken heart. And the heart doesn't necessarily literally break. I think the heart speaking about the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, and Jesus can make you whole again. But literally somebody can have their poor person, you know, take a back seat while some other poor part of them can step up to the plate and be angry or be this or be that. Or sometimes they revert back to a younger age or or some other way to be able to handle what's going on to them the best they can. It's a coping skill. And it can um, lead to a lot of issues in life, obviously, because you're constantly having these memories come up at you, and a lot of things trigger those memories. But um, it's it's really hard to understand, and sometimes when I hear these stories um, from people I minister to, I just cringe because it, it's horrific. It, it literally, your scariest Hollywood movie could not conjure up what I've heard about that really happened. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I sure tried. Last quick question on our, our way out of the segment. How common is it? Uh, unfortunately, it's a lot more common than you would think. Um, I, I hear from people all the time, and maybe it just seems more common to me because people tend to seek out help. And so I hear a lot of it, but I remember hearing about um, somebody that I used to um, do um, business with, and actually I, I sold her investments many years ago, who was, uh, you know, she was an older woman, but she had been subject to this. I mean, it's gone on for years, and it seems like it's way more commonplace than than you would think. Um, I, I really don't have statistics or percentages, but I um, you would be alarmed to find out how many people there actually are out there that, that struggle with these things. You know, listeners, one of the things that I always point out to people that when I train them or when we have debates about stuff, I always point out to say that it's not that I want to say anything is wrong. I want to point out that there's always more to the story. And this is one of those cases where when you see someone or you're interacting with someone who may have a certain condition or a situation or, or a mental situation as well, there is a distinct possibility that there is something more going on that maybe you're just not aware of or maybe you haven't even considered. So that's why we bring stuff like this to you, because we need to just open this box up and see what's inside of it. And we really need to arm ourselves and equip ourselves, because sooner or later, if you're involved in this kind of ministry, you're going to come across this. And when the moment arrives, you got to know what to do or at least be somewhat prepared to be ready to do something, if not figure it out, but be armed with the knowledge in the meantime. So... We have gone long in this segment. We're going to be right back momentarily with Melody Moss. She is the uh, trainer for 
uh, Inside Out Training and Equipping Schools for the Deliverance Program over there. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about her and her background and experience. And uh, if we have time, a little more on topics like these. So keep it locked here. Heal the Sick Podcast back in a few minutes. Hey, guys, Million here. I want to say thank you for listening to this program and for supporting the work we do. I would like to invite you to visit our website at dominionfire.com. And while there, sign up for our VIP email newsletter. This is a free service, and as a member, you will receive early releases of the Heal the Sick podcast, updates on the content we create, members-only discounts in our audiobook store, and exclusive content not released elsewhere. Visit dominionfire.com for full details, and if you subscribe, you will receive our free report entitled A Christian's Guide to Divine Healing for Yourself, with tools, tips, and strategies to minister healing for your own conditions. All free by subscribing to our newsletter and by visiting www.dominionfire.com. Welcome back, listeners. Million here with you. Heal the Sick Podcast, Segment 2. Melody Moss joining us today, a trainer at Inside Out Training and Equipping School for their deliverance segment that they have over there. And make sure you check them out on Facebook. Look for Inside Out Training and Equipping School, and you'll find all kind of free classes that they offer, a lot of subjects. And also, while you're uh, surfing around, make sure to visit our website at dominionfire.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and well as well as on our website. But also check us out on YouTube where we have the DeFire Vlog, where I've been staying on my hustle for 2016, bringing you all kind of cool content that we're creating to uh, glorify the kingdom, get the message out, and just reach people that otherwise may not be reached. So that's why we do all this stuff is uh, we're doing PR for the kingdom in a good way. And again, joining me is Melody Moss. And in the first segment, we were talking about her experience with some deliverance that uh, she administered and things that she's witnessed and some information she was able to gather. Now, coming through this journey is uh, not exactly what commonplace, I guess you would call it. But Melody, how did you get into all this? What's your background, your experience? Kind of walk us through the whole process of um, how this all came together for you. Um, Sure. Well, um, I was baptized as a baby in a Baptist church or dedicated, I guess, in a Baptist church as a baby. And so my parents would take me to a Baptist church when I was growing up. Um, I heard stories of Jesus doing all kinds of cool things, but it didn't seem to be spoken about um, in the pulpit that we could do those types of things. And I guess when we lived across the street from the Methodist church, we went there sometimes. Um, I became the children's choir director at the church when I was in high school, the Baptist church that I um, started at, same church. And uh, my father died when I was 11. He died of Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS. And um, my mom died when I was 20. I had to quit school and um, go home to take care of my younger brother and sister. Um, she died Christmas Day, 1984. And, you know, I lost both of my parents early on. And I was, you know, struggling along with life. And and um, I had a dream when my sons were really young. And it's one of those dreams that kind of stick with you, kind of those ones that are so realistic that, you know, there's more to it than just a dream. And um, my dead mother was in this dream talking to me, and I'm walking up to this farmhouse, and these two men were standing outside, and they were pointing at me, and they said, there's the woman who heals people just by walking past them. And I'm just looking around for the person they're talking about, and I'm the only one out there. And I walk into the home, and my 
my mother, who had passed away for a you know a few years by then, um, was in there, and she wanted to talk to me. She summoned me basically to this place. I have no idea where it is, but I could tell you what it looked like. Um, and she told me that I needed to learn how to pray for the sick because my sister was dying. And it wasn't until a number of years later that my sister did indeed die, and she died of ALS also in 2004. But I got really angry. I got really angry at God, though. And I felt like I lost God and my sister at the same time because I had begged, I pleaded, I prayed, I studied, I fasted. I was doing everything I knew to do to get God's attention. Problem is, is God's not going to do something that he's already done. You know, that was my job to command healing, but I didn't know any better. And so um, I, I felt very angry there for a while. I kind of just had this experience where I just, I didn't want to hear about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to pray. But I knew I was angry at him. And fortunately, he was um, he was so gracious and so kind and so loving all throughout the way. He took care of me in spite of my bad self. But um, in the process of trying to learn how to pray um, after that dream, um, I had gone to Pentecostal churches because they talked about healing some. I'd, I'd sought out different churches. There were times I was in church anytime the doors were open and sometimes different churches. I wanted to get everything I could. I started to do um, in-depth Bible studies. Um, to where I would go back to the original language and, you know, really search things out on healing and and um, all of that and all of the uh, stories in the Bible on healing. And I went to a um, Bible school and got some, some training there. And, I, I mean, I still lost my sister. So I went through this time where I blamed God, shame on me, shouldn't have done that, but then I, I came to the realization that it wasn't God that took my sister. It wasn't God that allowed it. It was the enemy. He's a thief. He's a killer. And he destroys. And so once I got angry at the enemy, then I started to want to really fight back and hit that enemy with, with everything I had. So, so my determination and my passion to see people set free, to see people healed because of what happened to my family. And, you know, I could have, I could have a family reunion in my bathroom. That's how bad it is. I've lost a lot of people. And so I've turned that passion into helping set other people free, helping the pe- people see them healed and, and delivered because it's just, you know, Satan has no right to run rampant over anyone. And I just really, have uh, come to the conclusion that I'm going to help a victim every chance I get. So that's kind of my background. Um, And I have since learned a lot of things and stumbled across people that needed help in, in certain areas like the satanic ritual abuse or other things. So, so that's, you know, more research and more delving into more prayer and more time with the Holy spirit to try to learn how to minister to these cases as well. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Yeah. How did you then get involved with Inside Out Training and Equipping School? Well, to tell you the truth, I started watching some of these guys on YouTube because I would search out other people who were doing it and seeing results, you know, um, Pete Cabrera Jr., Curry Blake, and all of this thing. And one time I'm on Facebook. This is kind of funny, Million. One time I'm on Facebook, and you know how Facebook suggests groups or suggests 
ads or suggest whatever. I, I saw Curry Blake and Pete Cabrera Jr. and Thomas Fisher, I think, members of Inside Out Training and Equipping School. I'm like, well, is that the school that taught them? And I really realized it probably wasn't, but I'm like, I want to find out what this school is like. And it just happened to be a Facebook suggestion. So I'm clicking right there to figure out what's going on in that school. So that's how I came to Inside Out. Oh, very cool. So we have a, a couple minutes left. And in that, uh, in this few minutes, kind of dovetailing with what we spoke about in the first segment, what is some of the biggest revelations you've gotten as far as deliverance? Because we all have our kind of our own little techniques and tactics of how we approach it. And there's just been so much said over the years about here's the formula or you need to do this, you need to do that. Practical application when you go to do this, what have you learned or what tips can you share with the audience that may someone may be ministering one of their first deliverances or maybe they've hit kind of a cold patch or something? What can you share as far as uh, revelations you've gotten from operating in that form of ministry? Well, you know, to tell you, um, I would have to um, say that probably the most important thing is, is to know that it belongs to you as a child of God to know that heaven is going to honor your command for that demon to leave. So you have to have some, some knowledge of your identity in Christ. You have to know that when you tell something to go, it has to go in Jesus' name. Um, if you second-guess yourself about it at all, then don't try it because it will slap you down. You really do need to understand that when you give that command, that any demonic activity, any stronghold, any anything, you know, attacking someone must go in Jesus' name. And um, I have also uh, come to the conclusion that the written word doesn't really do any good when it comes to deliverance. If you were to type a message or send a letter or say, oh, I'll pray for them, you know, that's not going to do a lot of good. Um, you can say it is written, Satan, that you have to go, but you have to, that that demon has to hear your voice speak it. Um, if the written word by itself, just a letter, I don't think Satan or his his little minions are too interested in reading anything. Otherwise, that dusty Bible sitting next to you would be enough to keep you safe and protected and without any attack or torment. So um, I noticed in Scripture that the command was always given in front of the person where it could be heard. You know, we hear in the Bible that they sent his word and healed them, but we don't see that deliverance. The command is given, the demon is spoken to directly, and it has to go. So I've experienced um, good response through phone, through Skype, or in person when it comes to ministering deliverance. But to try to do it with a text or with a note or just say, I'm going to pray for that person when you know they're struggling with an addiction or they're struggling with some sort of torment or a lying spirit or whatever, you know, you're not going to get very far in my, in my experience. So um, those are two quick little things that come to mind immediately. But, um, you know, Satan is a defeated little twit. Jesus has already paid the price and set you free. So that demon or that or Satan himself is just like a yapping little dog that can't really do anything to you because he's tied up. He really has no power unless we give it to him. So when you know that, then you can walk in that. 
So that would be my short version of what might help someone who's trying to get into deliverance. Awesome. Now, we are over our time on this segment, but I, this is too good. I, I love this topic because I think this is so great. But let's go like maybe like another minute or two. Uh, one last question, and then we'll wrap up with this for this segment. Um, the magic question everybody always wants to know, can a Christian have a demon? What is your opinion? Absolutely. They, they can. And a lot of people are offended by that, but they can. You know, um, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. and um, you know, sometimes if you come to Christ when you are, you know, a certain age, anything that happened to you prior to that, you're still, you're still stri- striving with perhaps your spirit wall to wall saved when you accept Christ, but you still, your mind is still at enmity with God. You still have a body, which is it, of the world. It's made of the earth. And so Satan can attack those things. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You, a Christian can have a demon. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not saved and, and, uh, of God and beloved, but they can still struggle with that. Jesus himself struggled with demons, um, you know, tempting him and other things. So that doesn't mean that he necessarily, he didn't have a demon, but he struggled with him. Satan tried to tempt him and everything else just you know, um, in every way. So yeah, absolutely. I believe a Christian can have a demon. All right, listeners, there you have it. And when we come back, we're going to hear a teaching segment and a little bit of prayer time. So please keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Melody Moss with us today. We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, Million here. Please visit www.dominionfire.com for the latest episodes of the Heal the Sick podcast. And also for our video vlog series entitled The D-Fire Vlog. After visiting DominionFire.com, please visit our YouTube channel at YouTube.com forward slash DominionFireChurch and hit the subscribe button and make sure to hit the thumbs up for any video you watch. This content is available for free and new videos are posted throughout the week. That's DominionFire.com first and then YouTube.com forward slash DominionFireChurch. Thank you and we'll see you soon. All right, listeners, we're back. Final segment of the Heal the Sick podcast with you today. Melody Moss again joining us, uh, talking about deliverance and satanic ritual abuse and all kind of just some of the more edgy stuff that comes with healing ministry and just things you're going to deal with. There's just no two ways about it. And you'll hear that in a lot of this, that uh, identity keeps coming up a lot. So that's a huge thing. You hear that on mostly every show that we do about knowing who you are, what you are, where you stand, where you're seated, and so on and so forth. And that all plays a huge role in everything that you do in ministry, whether it's healing, deliverance, or anything for that matter. So... Melody, this is our segment where we do a little bit of teaching. So now that I've warmed up the audience, therefore, <laughs> what would you like to share that's on your heart today? All right. Well, thank you, Melody, and I'm glad to have the opportunity. Um, you know, as I was praying about this, I, I felt like what I needed to share was involving, um, you know, deliverance, yes, but, but in, in this light. You know, the Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to steal to kill, and to destroy. But it says that I, meaning Jesus, has come so that you might have life and that more abundantly. So if you've got something that's stealing, killing, or destroying your life in any way, then it's the enemy. 
you know, sometimes I feel like we don't want to talk about it. We want to shove it under the rug. We don't want to imagine ourselves being plagued with that. No, this is just life. You know, if it's trying to kill you, if it's any sickness, illness, or disease, if it's trying to destroy your home, your life in any way, perhaps your marriage, it could be financial problem, it could be an addiction of some sort, if it's trying to, you know, kill, steal, or destroy from you, it's trying to steal something from you, then it is not of God. He came so that you might have life and that more abundantly, and my Bible says that it, above all things that he that the lord wishes that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers so having said that i want you to imagine you know first of all jesus paid the price by his stripes we were healed and i imagine anyone listening to a heal the sick broadcast is a either wanting to learn how to minister healing to someone or b perhaps you need healing um in your own body so you know, imagine, if you will, you walk home and you see that your door is caved in and you hear some noises coming from your home. You walk in and you get a gun right in your face. You look and you see that in a bag in the living room is your TV, your jewelry, your stuff, and everything else in the house is trashed. Everything. Now, in my experience, to try to, to command healing or to try to fix something up while the thief is still there trying to rob, to steal, and to destroy from you is kind of a moot point. If you see all this trash and you walk past the gun and you go to the bedroom and you try to make the bed dust and vacuum in there and try to clean up around this mess while the enemy is still there, then you've got a problem. You know, um, it's not going to go away. It's not going to get any better. So, so I just want to encourage you, if you have been praying, if you've been commanding healing in your body or for someone else, you know, um, I want you to perhaps look for what the problem is. And I'm not, I'm not one to go out looking for demons, but I will tell you that if you stumble across one, you need to boot them to the curb. If there is something in someone's life or your own life that is trying to steal from you, is trying to kill you with sickness, illness, or disease, or trying to destroy your life, it could be an addiction, it could be, you know, gambling, it could be some sort of financial crisis, it could be anything like that. It's the enemy. The Bible clearly says that God wishes that we have good things and the enemy is trying to get us, right? So boot that baby to the curb. My Bible says he is a defeated foe. My Bible says that we have power over all. We have authority over all the power of the enemy. We have in Christ the ability to tell that thing to get out in Jesus' name, and it must go. Any sickness must go in the name of Jesus. Any addiction must be broken in Jesus' name. Any type of uh, witchcraft must stop and be null and void and broken in Jesus' name. We have to take authority over that thief sometimes and kick him out, and then you can clean up the mess. Then you can pick up the pieces and expect God will make up the difference and, and restore you. But my, my, um, what I want to share is that sometimes you have to kick it out before you can start. Lord, I thank you that your word says that by his stripes, I am healed, and therefore I trust in your word, and I command my body to be healed. 
until you tell cancer to go or whatever it is to go, you're still going to battle that. Get rid of the enemy, and then you can start commanding healing, and I think you'll see better results. Now, if people would like to find out more about you, they would like to connect up with you, maybe ask you some questions, or even do some training with Inside Out, uh, what is your contact information? How can people find you? Well, um, I have a YouTube video uh, channel that I, that I um, you know, might direct you to. It's called Unforgettable Life. You can find me on YouTube. There's a lot of ministry videos there. And I believe in the description of all of my YouTube videos, it directs you to my Facebook ministry page. And um, you can contact me that way. Um, You can also, um, I have an email address I can give you. If anyone uh, needs to email me, that would be fine. And that is Melody, M-E-L-O-D-I-E, the number five, at live, L-I-V-E dot com. We're going to go into our prayer segment now. And before we do that, just something kind of came to me as I was listening to that last part. And I sort of feel that there's going to be someone that's listening to the show that has dealt with some of the issues that has been discussed here on the program today. And if that's you, I would just like to say that don't feel ashamed. None of us are going to judge you. We're here to help. And if you do need the help, and you feel that Melody is the one that can help you, by all means, reach out and contact her. And um, if you want, you can also contact us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com, and I will put you in contact with whomever you need or will help you as best we can. But if it's something you're dealing with and you're feeling afraid, don't be afraid. Just make make the choice. Go do it right now, and let's just get this done with and move on with our lives in a good way. So, Melody, um, this is the part, again, where we pray for the audience, um, if you would. Please pray for our audience for anything that you may uh, detect, anything you may be sensing, any prophetic word, discernment, anything at all. Take us all the way to the amen, if you would, please. Absolutely. Father, right now, I just thank you for this for this broadcast. I thank you for each and every listener, whether they hear it the instant it's, it's um, posted or many, many years later. It doesn't matter. Right now, I just thank you for each and every person. And I thank you for the finished work of Christ in their life right now. I break every trigger right now in Jesus' name. And right now, Lord, I just command that any demonic activity to separate itself from that person's humanity. And for any demonic activity, I don't care what you are, I don't care what you're called, if you're not a God, I command you to go and loose them now in Jesus' name. I break the power of witchcraft, any um, satanic covenant, any satanic ritual, I break it as though it were not right now in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of rejection, I command that thing to be broken right now in Jesus' name. You leave. Get out now. I come against the spirit of trauma, and I I command you to be bound and get out now in Jesus' name, right now. I come against um, self-mutilation, self-harm, and suicide. Those spirits have to go right now by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Loose them now and leave in Jesus' name. Right now, the kingdom of heaven is at hand for healing. Right now, Father, I just, I command lack and poverty to go. Right now, I break every addiction. I don't care if it's to sweets. I don't care if it's to pornography. I don't care if it's to um, uh, gambling. I don't care what the addiction is. I break it right now, and it's hold over that person right now in Jesus' name. 
spirit of infirmity and affliction, get out right now, right now, up and out now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and is able to heal. And right now, I just command healing right now, right now. I command vision. I command vision to be 2020 and both eyes are better in Jesus' name. I command spines to come up into alignment. Everything from the base of the skull all the way down to the tailbone. Every vertebrae and disc shift and move into place right now. Right now, Father, I thank you for creative miracles. I speak new hearts, new lungs, new kidneys right now into bodies right now in Jesus' name. New nervous systems right now in Jesus' name. New muscular systems right now. I command bone and joints to be knitted back the way they're supposed to be and everything connected from head to toe. And right now, Lord, I just speak to emotions. And I just pray, Lord, that emotions are being healed right now, that when they go to visit those memories or even memories that are nagging at them, Lord Jesus, I just ask that you walk in and dry up every tear and heal those memories. Help them to see it for what it was, an attack of the enemy and not of you, and allow them to see you healing in that process. Lord, your word speaks about broken spirits. And right now in Jesus' name, I just pray that even a spirit that is broken is whole right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for making each and every listener whole in in spirit, in soul, and in body right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And I thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Ah, such a peaceful feeling here in the studio when our guests pray. Love it so much, and I'll amen that as well. Listeners, uh, we first off thank Melody for joining us today, and at the same time, make sure you visit our website at dominionfire.com, where you can find all, all the episodes of the podcast, as well as all the episodes of the DFIRE vlog that is also on YouTube. And at the same time, make sure you join our email list while you're there, and you'll receive a free copy of a report that I wrote called uh, Divine Healing for Yourself, A Christian's Guide to Divine healing for yourself and gives you some tips and strategies to help get through your own healing while you're in the process of it. So it's uh, just information that came to me, just felt like sharing it with you and you can get it absolutely free. Just join the email list. And on the email list, you get all the exclusive updates of or early releases of content, exclusive updates, and uh, in our audiobook store that we have uh, discounts for members only to the list. So make sure you join that when you get a chance, all at dominionfire.com. Melody, thank you again for being here with us today. We appreciate it. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. Always love this kind of stuff, and uh, we're going to keep rolling forward here in 2016 on the Heal the Sick podcast. As we always say here at our ministry, boom, goes Yeshua, and we'll see you next time. 